Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 123 of the Caesar Show. We're back better than ever. I know we took some time away, but had to get everything in order. Obviously, the holidays came up, so I hope you guys had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving break. Got some good grub um, and made sure you blessed the food and, you know, stated what you were thankful for as well, too. I know I was very thankful and very happy as well. So <laughs> on episode 122, we covered a couple topics um, and it's been so much change that's happened, uh, you know, since then. So obviously the Kyrie Irving suspension, us kind of figuring out if the Nets should blow it up, if he's even worth the drama, the Warriors struggles, Cam Johnson tearing his meniscus, Pascal Siakam's injury, uh, CP3's injury, Kawhi's progression to return, Cavs being a dark horse, Russ actually coming off the bench, and much, much, much more. Um, I'm excited to get into these topics for today as well, too, because we we got we got some heat on the way right now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, this is episode 123. Like I said, make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at the Caesar Show. Um, and without further ado, before we start this episode, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise. Welcome our co-host Terrence Whaley. What up? What up? What's good, man. How you been? Doing good, man. You gotta tell me what you was thankful for, though, dog. Oh man, I actually think I wrote it in my notes. It was on like some, like some philosophical shit. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Let me see if I can actually find that. You got deep on we, them. Uh, not too, too deep. I said this, and I was a little schmack too. <laughs> <laughs> so I may it may have sounded good in real time, but it's probably trash. Uh-huh. So I said what I'm thankful for, but. I wanted everyone to kind of think that way. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm thankful for being able to go through experiences, whether it took a lot for me from a mental, physical, social, and or emotional standpoint. It made me learn and grow to be a better version for myself, for my family and people. I just so happened to inspire. Mm-hmm. So that's what I said that I was thankful for. Okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. What'd you say you was thankful for? Honestly, man, first and foremost, I'm always, um, I'm always thankful for health, uh, especially, you know, I mean, I know we, we always say like the worst is behind us with COVID, but it's always it's always a blessing to to have your health. Number one, I was fa- I was thankful for that, and then two, man, just like my family, you know. Um, I told my mom, you know, um, having her uh, through this life transition of moving, having a new job, like all of the advice she's giving me as I'm going through that transition in this new chapter in my life. Um, I'm really thankful for her and my brother, someone I look up to. And then um, my friends and my girlfriend, man, just like um, they've they've all just I feel like made me a better person um, just throughout the days. And I think um, I'm very grateful for um, for having them and including you, too. And like, you know, y'all y'all made me better and y'all keep my head on straight. So that's that's definitely where I, where I was thankful for this year. I mean, honestly, it's always great to have a strong support system in your life as well, too. Yep, yep. And my parents were always right growing up when they said, choose your friends wisely, but now it's you are the company that you keep. So mm-hmm. keep yep. some good company around you, man. So for sure. how's the new crib, man? It looks nice. New crib, new crib is dope. I, I, I live in Echo Park now. Um, if, if any of my ops hear this, you know, you don't know my address, so don't even try it. <laughs> Um, yeah, Echo Park is cool. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely quiet. Um, you know, I get to walk Milo, you know, at the park now. Um, he loves that. Um, and you know, it's the perfect size for me. Um, and a shout out to AC, man, air conditioning coming from Texas. I don't know what I was doing ever living in a spot with no AC, but you know, we back on it. So it's, 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 it's lovely, but thank you for asking. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm still sad about that meal. I think I think actually there's a sound bite from last episode, <laughs> but hey, when I move, we're going we gonna, we gonna to make sure. Right? I, I think I ideally want to move within like the first half of the year next year since uh-huh. kind of like your similar situation for your, from your previous spot month mm-hmm. to month. So there's no real sense of urgency, but mm-hmm. once I get some things in line, um, I'm definitely going to, you know, test the waters and see what's out there for sure and then speaking of you know thanksgiving and just you know meals man we we definitely gotta plan like a little friendsgiving too next year man you know you know just that that friendship and like that you know that getting together for the holidays is real important so keep your friendships locked for those people out there that do got friendsgiving keep doing them um that's definitely something i want to see us do honestly and that and sometimes it doesn't even necessarily have to be friendsgiving you know we can Mm -hmm. just literally pick a date in advance and yeah Bring some dishes and break bread. Break bread. I like yep. that. I like that. All right. So you ready to get into today's hottest topics? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First and foremost, I just want to say Brittany Griner, man. She's finally freed and I believe she is now in U.S. soil. Obviously, they had a Russian prisoner exchange. So Russia has freed Brittany Griner in a dramatic high-level prisoner exchange that brings the WNBA star back to the United States after almost 10 months of detention. The swap made at the time of heightened tensions over the invasion of Ukraine achieved the top goal for President Joe Biden but carried a heavy price and left behind Paul Whelan, an American jail for nearly four years in Russia. Biden tweeted, Uh, Moments ago, I spoke with Brittany Griner. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. They had a press conference um, that also included Brittany Griner's wife, Sherelle, at the Oval Office. Office, And Biden stated, this is a day we've worked toward for a long time. We never stopped pushing for her release. It took painstaking and intense negotiations. And I want to thank all the hardworking public servants across my administration who worked tirelessly to secure her release as well, too. Um, And then Cheryl... Brittany Griner's wife also commented, today my family is whole, but as you all are aware, there are so many other families who are not whole. Cheryl Griner said, BG and I will remain committed to the work of getting every American home, including Paul, whose family is in our hearts today as we celebrate BG being home as well, too. And I kind of just want to take a stroll down memory lane. So we said it's been, what, 10 months. So a timeline for you guys that, you know, we're not familiar, February the 17th. She was detained at a Russian airport over some motherfucking weed. And news broke. News didn't break until March 5th, so no one was really in the loop. And then after that, on May 3rd, the U.S. considered her wrongfully detained. And then on July 7th, she pled guilty to charges facing her for the weed. And on August 4th, she was sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison, prison, which is ridiculous. And then today, December the 8th, um, she's freed and returning to the U.S. as well, too. My man, Terrence Whaley, um, you know, how, what are your thoughts on, you know, her finally being free and, mm-hmm. and what it means, you know, all that other good stuff? For sure. So before I get into um, to my point, and obviously um, my point is going to be um, uh, very cheerful, I, I definitely want to give a few shout-outs to a few shows that, you know, I tapped into while Brittany Griner was in, um, was, you know, in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept um, reminding me that that's, you know, what's going on. Because obviously in America, just as, you know, day-to-day life, you 
can forget about things. I want to shout out Jalen and Jacoby. Um, it's a show I watched that's on ESPN. It's like a little 30 minute joint, like, you know, kind of in the midday, like way after first take, but like before, like, you get the people. Yeah, you're hip, you're hip. So, yeah, <laughs> Jalen and Jacoby, they always like, they made it a part of the programming to like at least like let that be known um, every show. So, they did a really good job. Um, and then also to the WNBA, you know, it took a little while for them to like get the messaging across, but I think once. Um, the president, President Biden, like um, started to put some messaging together. Then the WNBA also followed. And I thought that was really great um, on their side of like continuing to um, have messaging out there and like continue to have the American people, you know, um, fight behind this fight. Um, today, I saw a lot of like, you know, on Twitter, everybody's Social always media. with the jokes. You yeah. know what I mean? It's always like, oh my god, like the the trade was imbalanced and stuff like that. <laughs> that 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 is so like it's it's there's no place for it in it's my sick. opinion. You know what I mean? Like Brittany Griner in in the end, like we don't really know what she went through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in a Russian prison, like we always we always hear about like you know what happens at in the what what's the what's the joint on Call of Duty called? The gulag. Yes, we be hearing about that. Like, I don't know. I don't. I mean, obviously she wasn't in the gulag, but like, you don't, you'll never know what she went through. You know, so like, it's it's good that she's home. Um, I'm I, I feel for her for her wife. Uh, you said Cheryl, right? Mm-hmm. I remember watching. A, I think she had a, a she had an interview on NBA Today with Malika Andrews, and that was the first time I saw her and her speak on this situation. Um, so I definitely feel for her, and I'm glad that they are now going to um, continue to fight other fights. Um, and I think that that's that's uh, noble of them. Yeah, honestly, and sometimes I'm, I'm wondering, like, with the whole politicking situation, like, it feels like it could have happened earlier, but I feel like the U.S. just wasn't willing to give away who they wanted to give away back to Russia as well, too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think they were trying to also kind of do a two for one, but didn't necessarily work out. But like you said, I'm happy that she's here because lord knows what she went through i saw like a picture of her that kind of surfaced like her hair was chopped up and everything i'm like yo damn mm. did they cut her hair off oh, i didn't see that like was she being abused mm. from a physical and mental standpoint like i can only imagine what she went through but i'm happy she's back i'm sure she's gonna share a story and like you said i'm sure her and her family WNBA, everyone uh, you know apart from the top down are gonna you know figure out ways to get you know united states citizens back on their soil honestly as mm-hmm. well too so i'm wondering too like how much time she's gonna need i don't want to seem insensitive or you know pushy or whatever but i wonder mm-hmm. how much time you think she's gonna need to like get back into the swing of things and whatnot as well too because mm-hmm. that's not hoping no action nothing for what 10 plus months yeah i think it'll definitely take some time you know it'll take some time but i think um i if I were, I'm not even gonna say if I was her, but I would assume she would maybe like just take a year off just to be back home with too. her wife. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then you know have like private workouts or whatever to get yeah. back into shape, and then the following year to c- try to come out there. Yeah, you sure. take away your family, your friends, your style of living. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, it's and your Russia. safe haven. It's Russia. It's dog. cold. It's one of the worst. Well. <laughs> from what I know and what I've seen now it could be a little propaganda by America but I've seen <laughs> Russia looks bad sometimes it'd be looking cold it'd be looking dark you know when they be having it on the on the, on the the movies and stuff they be making it look like you know how they be making the Middle East look they be putting that filter on the on the screen and it'd be looking all freaking dark and gold and like sandy I'm like that's how they be making Russia look So and I'm, it sucks because like the level of income that 
WNBA players make versus NBA, obviously, yeah. like, there's a huge disparity. So, like, mm-hmm. a lot of times a lot of these players have to go overseas, and some well-known players have played, you know, overseas in Russia, and they said they've never yeah. had this, you know, situation happen some, to them before as well, too. So that also mm-hmm. makes me think, like, is that going to be something where we see a lot of our players just be like, yo, F that? Like, mm-hmm. it's just just something to kind of think about as well too but happy that you're back Brittany Griner get well take all the time you need and we are all here for you no yeah, matter what for sure moving on from that the Boston Celtics are the hottest team in the NBA and I feel like there's no one close right now they're currently number one offense averaging 120.8 points per game number three field goal percentage of 49.3 number one in point differential Spanking up the ass by plus eight point eight points. Their record is twenty one and five, best record in the league. They have six players in double digits, and you know they have a leading MVP candidate. What most people might say, in Jason Tatum, and a great running mate, and Jalen Brown as well too. What do you kind of attribute to their success right now, man? Um, off the top of my head, right now it's just chemistry. Like I, I they've been playing since like. I mean, I know it seems like Bronze has been in a Laker uniform for a minute. It's been like four or five years, but like they, you know, they really started their careers battling LeBron <laughs> in the conference finals, bro. So like when you think about that and then getting to the finals last year and losing, like they've just, they've all grown up and seen the fight together. And I just think now, you know, um, you know who the general manager is now? Now that it's not. Yeah, um, the former coach. Um Oh, Brad yeah, Stevens. Brad Stevens, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Brad Stevens is doing a great job putting great role job. players around them now that are just filling in the gaps now. And I don't even think Danilo Gallinari is playing for them yet. Towards ACL, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I mean, they're just – it's just chemistry. And then also, yeah, having an MVP candidate helps a lot, obviously. I feel like Jason makes um, – makes everybody's job easier and he's starting to make that extra pass now um to make his job even easier um with finding teammates um and it's like i said the number one thing chemistry wise i just think that's off the charts and then their defense too um i've seen them lock up in games when they need stops um and it, and it looks good so yeah yeah um, boston number one i could i could see that for sure and i agree with you and then just to kind of piggyback off of that Health is also the biggest thing, and there's been a lot of teams I've seen in the East and West of Conference where players have kind of been in and out the lineup. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they haven't been with Robert Williams, but Jason Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown have been relatively pretty healthy with that core group as well. Yep. I was kind of shocked that they were going to be 21-5 just because they brought in that new head coach to replace Emi Udoka, but like mm-hmm. you said, they've been together and been battle-tested for such a long time, so okay. they're kind of just picking up from where they left off at. And then also, I think... I don't know if MAU Doke is behind the scenes because of everything that kind of happened to him, but obviously their coach, I can't think of his name. You know his name? No, and I, I was going to ask you, how how important is coaching in the NBA today, do you think? I think it's extremely important, but I feel like he – picture like an intern learning, you know, from, you know, whoever in the business the whole time. You know, they're constantly soaking knowledge, and he was an assistant under them as well too, so I'm sure mm-hmm. he's – Got a whole. He's had this whole off season to kind of figure out what works, what didn't work, and mm-hmm. what for what didn't work. He's going to improve on that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely important. I think it's just one of those things where it's kind of like a Mark Jackson, Steve Steve Kerr situation. Gotcha. Where gotcha. 
you obviously players taking upon themselves to improve, but you add a little bit of more sprinkle into what was already successful and you kind of roll with that as well too. Gotcha. Now the biggest test I think what we're going to see is in the playoffs when you're playing and game planning against one team for two weeks, yep. what adjustments are you going to make True. at halftime and what adjustments are you going to make game by game as well too? So that's the biggest thing that I'm kind of worried about. But other than that, like these players were what, two games away from winning the championship. Yep. So that's all that's on their mind. That's all they hear from the tabloids, on social media, when they walk on the street, in the stands, everywhere mm. they go. Yep. Damn, you'll get back, or damn, you could have made that. So I know they're motivated right now, honestly, as well, too. So with that being said, with the Celtics, man, would you say that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are the best duo in the NBA currently right now? Best duo in the NBA? Um I mean, right now, yeah, but I, I would say this, though, always. Okay. A healthy LeBron and AD is the best duo. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is. I'm sorry. Even with LeBron at this advanced age? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, that's a tough one because LeBron, like, obviously he's taking a step back from a defensive standpoint, but mm-hmm. – he really has no flaw in his game from the offense standpoint. He's always going to be that playmaker in the 80s, always dominant. But if we're just going off of this season, definitely go yeah, with Jalen Brown, yeah, um, Jason done. Tatum. For sure. Best two-way wings. Um, and they're young, um, and, they're, and they stay healthy. So mm-hmm. I really like that as well, too. And then with the Celtics, I mean, who do you think are their biggest threats, um, you know, in the Eastern Conference as mm-hmm. they, you know, embark on this journey to, you know, try to stay try to stay afloat yeah for me it's always gonna be milwaukee and cleveland i'm gonna keep banging on this door because i know they're gonna be there at the end man um i think milwaukee obviously because of Giannis, um he's freaking and and i mean their whole team's good but like he's he's the player that again when it comes down to like okay i have a great player and i and then boston has a great player i'm gonna take I'm gonna take Giannis over Jason in a in a playoff series situation, um, and I think that that can still be there Achilles' heel, like when it comes to getting back to the finals. Um, I really like Cleveland guard guard play, and that's why I continue to to talk about them because I feel like, um, like yeah, in a playoff situation, in a playoff situation, like it's about how many good shots can you get versus the other team, you know, in their defense and, and Boston's defense is really, really good, but to have, you know, good guard play helps you, you know, alleviate that in a way and like attack matchups, things like that from that, in that nature. Um, and I think ultimately Boston would, would beat Cleveland in a, in a seven game series, but I think they would keep it interesting. Um, but those are my two teams out East that, that that give me pause and then i mean i hate it because i always want to give joel and b love but they're <laughs> never healthy enough they're never healthy enough so the doc rivers effect man yeah um now i agree with you milwaukee bucks first and foremost and we're going to talk about a little bit later with chris middleton's return Mm. Giannis literally took them seven games last year with no chris middleton up three two so mm. i imagine times where they need to close he would have been right there times to kind of neutralized Jalen Brown's scoring production. Chris Middleton could have been like that as well, too, especially in Pfizer arena. I don't know if you look yeah. at the stats on Chris Middleton in the Pfizer arena. He'd be looking like Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> that joint be kind of crazy. I do like the Cavs just off the simple fact that they have a dog in Donovan Mitchell that's been 
in the playoffs and played in high leverage moments as well too. Mm. Um, and I like their length as well too. And I feel like their length would definitely bother Boston a little bit as well too. Mm. But the fact that they all haven't been there together as a tandem in the playoffs, I think that's going to be the Achilles heel. Right. I'm curious to see how their coach as well too adjusts as well. Mm. Um, and then as much as I love that backcourt, they only six six feet six one. Right. And they're not the most defensively gifted or they don't give that much effort on the defensive end as well too. So mm-hmm. like you said, it comes down to can you play defense? Can you score in the half court? And then when you're in the half court, when you get that switch, what you gonna do with it? And I think both of them can do a great job, but I just think that Boston, like you said, is the superior team from the defensive standpoint. So they're gonna I think at the end of the day, get better shot selections and then get easy points in transition as well, too. So that's going to be interesting. And I also think, and we talked about that before we started recording, I mean, even though the Nets got swept last year, all the games are relatively pretty close. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't even take anything from the regular season as well, too. Mm-hmm. That felt like a playoff game. They both had what eight-man rotation, pretty much went down to the wire, mm-hmm. you know, if Katie don't have that much turnovers or Kyrie just plays a little bit better, who knows how it went. But Ben Simmons didn't play. Ben Simmons has been playing relatively well as of late. Mm-hmm. That's another body that you can add to Jason Tatum and also to uh, to Jalen Brown as well, too, to at least help make the shots a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And a lot of times Katie's bringing the ball to the court. That's Ben bringing the ball to the court as well, too. So I feel like if you put him in the mix, he's relatively pretty healthy. They still need another big because Claxton's not. He's solid, but they need someone else. They need someone else. And I feel like there's still a player like a Dwight Howard, like a DeMarcus Cousins out there as well, too. So if they can get one of them and try to potentially trade for, like, another 3 and D, I think they're in the mix, too. And I'm never, ever, ever going to count out the Miami Heat. The Miami mm-hmm. Heat, you can consider that their biggest rival these past couple of years as well, too. Um, given the bubble history, obviously, and mm-hmm. given, you know, this past, you know, all play uh, you know postseason run as well, too. Mm-hmm. I know it's been a little shaky. Jimmy been out the lineup. Tyler Hill been out the lineup. Kyle Lowry been out the lineup. Bam been out the lineup. But I feel like once they finally That's get healthy. That's a lot. Exactly. <laughs> you just said. Exactly. Been out the lineup. It's early. You know what? Only... A game or two mm-hmm. outside of 500, they're going to make that run. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a scary team, I think, for them as well, too, just from an X and O standpoint as well. But Okay, okay. So would you take Brooklyn before Cleveland as a as a contender? Just off of KD being the guy, yes. Okay. I'm taking them. Okay. In the seven games, that would be a lit-ass seven-game series. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons and those role players over them in seven games. They'll probably go gotcha. seven games, but I'll take them. Got gotcha. you. taking okay. Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we might have to make another bet if yeah. they're all healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I don't know why. I just like their team. I like them too, but I just feel like something's missing. I don't know. And I've seen a lot of games this year. Granted, they have a great record, but a lot of their games they they lost. They, they, you can tell like they were – they felt like they, they were playing like a young team. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to close, but – We'll see what happens uh, with that as well, too. My boy Anthony Davis. Man, let me let me pull up basketball reference right now. Anthony Davis. That's how you should have been playing, boy. Mm-hmm. My boy played 21 games out of, let me click this hyperlink right here, out of 24 games, Terrence. Good, so good. he got to play 40, 49 more games. 
I, I want him to play the games. I want him to lose the bet. I really do. I want AD on the floor. I want him on the floor. So AD's played 21 out of 24 games, and he's having a monster year. 27 points per game, 12 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, one steal, 52% from the field as well, too. Man, what are your thoughts on AD this year? And, and it, can you argue, I guess, just off of this season alone, he's a top five player? Um, first of all, I love it. Um, I think I, I don't know what is getting into him. I keep seeing these articles about him and these discussions he's having with Aaron Rodgers. Don't really know what that is doing <laughs> to his confidence, but it seems to be like giving him some extra extra oomph, you know, and you know, that's what we need. Like we not fifty five and forty points. We just need him to be like, I'm getting thirty tonight or I'm gonna average twenty eight and twelve and three blocks. Like because he can do it. And if we start there, the Lakers can go so much farther with him knowing he's the number one option. Um, and that's how he's been playing as of late. Um, obviously, he just he's dealing with the flu right now. He's trying to get over that. But they need him. Like, they need to come back quick because you can't lose two, three more games in a row and mess up the momentum. But him being a top five player, um, he's a top five talent for sure. Um, just this season. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this season, is he playing like one of the five best players in the league? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, as of recently, because the first 10 games of the season, he wasn't he wasn't playing like this. So I'll give it to him right now. Yes, he's playing like a top five player, just won a Western Conference player of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think he just, again, needs to find that um, consistency and that balance of being like, hey, I am the number one. I'm the number one player for the Lakers and going forward. Um, continue to be that top five talent. Yeah, I think <laughs> I didn't even know about that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> this whole situation. Mm-hmm. I just remember they played the Bucks and Aaron Rodgers happened to probably be at the game, but mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy mm-hmm. if they did have a conversation. Something kind of just clicked as well too. But mm-hmm. the biggest thing is health. He's finally healthy, at least mm-hmm. from what it seems like. I mean, we look at last season, only played 40 games. The game before that played 36 games. You know what I'm saying? So it looks like he's finally healthy. I think what I attribute to him starting off from a slow start was he had to get used to his new body frame. Mm. Um, And since he's been off for so long, he had to get back in shape as well, too. But -hmm. I think another thing that kind of clicked with him was he's probably like, damn, like, I know this roster isn't the best. um, So I'm just going to have to do more, especially LeBron James in and out the line. So I think with LeBron James being out for that limited time, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. And they're trying to well, they finally figured out, at least from a coaching standpoint, that you're going to have to play through AD. If you play through AD, then everything else will kind of fall in line. And I think um, he can continue this if he if he stays healthy. I know every time we watch a game, he's wincing at something. I get a little nervous. I always check before the game starts. If you're playing or not, be, be getting ready to text. you be like, fuck, I got this many games, that many games. But I think this year he's a top five player for sure. Um, mm-hmm. No one's really stopping him from, you know, this year, I mean, would you consider him? I know it's positionless, but would you consider him a a center, power forward, or do we just scratch it off and say big? Like, how does that even work in today's society in the NBA world? I call him like today's center. That's, I mean, him, Giannis, Joel Embiid. Jokic. So Giannis is center, huh? Giannis is center. Yeah, to me, mm. I look at Giannis as like he's Shaq. Mm. Okay. That's interesting as well, too. Okay. Like, uh, I've seen point centers. I mean, we got Jokic. Like, you could dribble and, you know, get to the lane and get to the, you know, get to the cup. Um, well, I was going to say something else and then I forgot. 
If it comes, I can let me know. But yeah. I will say this. Yeah, top five player this year for sure. That's what I was going to ask. Like, okay, so uh, of the five, we talking we talking Luka Doncic. We talking this Jason season. Tatum. We're going off for this season, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're talking, I mean, is Joel Embiid in there? This year? Okay, I'm just asking. No. Okay, all right. So who else am I forgetting? I'm going with Luka. I'm going with Giannis. Okay. I'm going with Tatum. Yeah, I'm yeah. going with Kevin Durant. I'm going with AD. That was six, I thought. Luca, yeah, Giannis, yep, AD. Oh, okay. You said Jason Tatum, Kevin Tatum, Durant, and Kate. Uh, and you messing me up now. Wait, Luca, Giannis, Katie, Tatum, AD. Five. Okay. All right. Cool. Those That's are my fine. five this year. That's, fine. That's yeah, my yeah. five this year too. All right, cool. And I know last year it was a little weird. Like basically, the whole narrative was center versus center, Joker versus Embiid. Obviously, Embiid got a little hurt towards the end of the year, so they kind of gave it to Joker, but Joker played out his mind. But what I'm trying to say is Joker had the sixth seed last year and won the MVP. I know it's narrative-based. Um, who knows, man? If if AD can continue this crazy stretch, with given the talent that's around him, if he get the sixth seed, I can see a situation where he may finish as a – Either the MVP or uh, or a front runner for that as well, for sure. They gonna give it to Jason Tatum. It's still early. <laughs> I'm telling you, you think so? Watch. It, it, yeah, it's so early. <laughs> but staying on for the Lakers as well too, since you are the Lakers inside scoop. Man. You know it. Um, they're 13th in the West right now at at 10 and 14. They were just 10 and 12. Honestly, if AD didn't have flu license, they would have won the last two games. Bad. Um. So they should have been, what, 12 and 12, honestly. That would have been lit. But right now they're 13th in the West. They're 10 and 14. And they're only six games out of first place. The West is really spotty this year. Mm -hmm. Do you think with AD's dominance, LeBron finally looking healthy, Russell Westbrook coming off the bench and accepting his role and thriving in his role, and then the addition of Thomas Bryant and the addition of Dennis Schroeder, do you think that they can make the playoffs this year? Yeah, they'll they'll be a playing team though, um, and that's with LeBron and AD on the on the court full time. Um, and I mean, like by playing team, I mean I mean that 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 means you could be a seven seed, and seven seed sometimes is good. Um, but like, yeah, I think they'll be a playing team. Uh, but I'll 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 be there to watch it. You know, I I'm glad you know Anthony Davis has given us this jolt of energy to even continue watching the games. At, at a certain time, I was done watching them. Um, so now, you know, we'll see what happens, but yeah, playoff team for sure. Mm, yeah. I agree with you as well too. I think they're going to be a playing team and just find their way to kind of make it to the playoffs. And I mean, honestly, LeBron's still in a seven game series with a fully healthy squad. I, I, I he's going to at least, he's going to at least go to seven games in my opinion as well too. But I'm, I don't see, I feel like there's going to come a point in time where Utah kind of falls off. Mm-hmm. I think Portland's going to eventually fall off um, and possibly the Sacramento Kings as well, too. Mm-hmm. So I think that will leave a spot there, but we're going to see. Yeah, and we also obviously have to see what happens after this, um, I think, December 15th. Uh, they start trading, the new, right? Yeah, of the new contracts wearing off or not wearing off, but like they become uh, trade eligible. Mm. So I think once that passes and we see what the Lakers want to do with that, because I'm I'm my seven C projection is 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 thinking that they are gonna go find some shooting because they are not they're not gonna beat teams in the team in the games that they need to win to get to the play in mm-hmm. to without shooting and they yeah. can't shoot right now they still can't shoot I'm I'm seeing Dennis Schroeder and, and Patrick Beverly on the court 
starting the game. That's that's not gonna get it done. I think Pat Bev need to get traded. Yeah, I don't know why THT is gone, but hey, that's that's not my job. That's Rob Plinkas. Yeah, I think it was more so like that. That you just needed that dog on that team to kind of get on everybody and tell them where to be from a defensive standpoint. But um, shout out to Lonnie Walker, you know, old spur. So I yep. got to show some love. But yep, at first, yep. I was kind of talking shit about you, but you've been playing some damn good basketball, mm-hmm. especially being in a high leverage situation under the Lakers organization. You've been doing very well. So shout out to you. Yeah, he's he's that player that's, you know, on a LeBron team, there's always a player that's open because you're either getting doubled by LeBron or by AD, and he's he's hitting those shots or making those plays, making cuts to the basket to get shots. So he, he's really benefiting from them, both of those two those two players. Mm. Well, it looks like Kawhi Leonard and um, I call him Peg Leg Leonard. <laughs> or Mr. PTO, whatever you want to call him as well, too. Yo, Mr. PTO, that's a good one. Mr. Like PTO is pretty good, too. Yeah, but like Kawhi that. Leonard, my favorite player, and Paul George are finally, it seems like, knock on wood, healthy in the mix, can string some games along together. Right now, the Clippers are ninth in the West, only three games out of first place at 14 and 12. They may be 14 and 13. And four games out because I think they just lost to the Miami Heat back to back. Kawhi didn't play, but PG did, I think. Um, and obviously, kind of just watching the the Boston Celtics play, it's just like, damn, with Tatum and Brown, like this is what I wanted to, you know, see from Kawhi and PG. Obviously, we kind of saw that, you know, the year they first got acquired together, had a good winning record. Bubble happened, weird year. Next year, they were on pace to get to the finals. Kawhi tears the ACL. And last year is a wasted season. Um, how much pressure do you think is on them? And do you think they are still contenders, um, you know, right now for this season? Um, they're always going to be contenders, but as, as as much as the about pressure, I don't think there's any pressure on them at all. I think, I think, I think people, I mean, the, the, the narrative, the first year AD got to LA was like battle of la and there was pressure on both teams i don't think that there's been as much pressure on either i mean you could say there's always pressure on the lakers but there has not been as much pressure for the clippers to show that they're the best team in la really since the lakers um you know championship to me because now they're not as good and i feel like i mean as a Clipper fan or a Kawhi Leonard fan, you know, there you have your internal pressure like, oh, my God, you need to you need to perform. But Kawhi takes way too many games off for me to think <laughs> that he thinks that there's pressure on him and his legacy. And Paul George, I mean, obviously, he's the one player on their on that team whose whose legacy is solidified also wants to add a championship to it. Um, I think that drives his 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 motive to, to continue to play for the Clippers. But. I don't think there's a lot of pressure. I think that they're naturally um, a contender because their team's good and they're they're built to win. But I think all the pressure um, is more so on the East um, this year than anything. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, the West is kind of like I said, up in the air. Just it's very janky right now. Um, I think there is some pressure as well too because if you don't do nothing this year. It's, if and you're the owner, Steve Ballmer, it's just like, yo, I spent all this money. I'm building a new fucking stadium mm, right across the really nice. SoFi. And it's just like, I want my return on my investment. Like, what y'all doing? I, I literally mm-hmm. given y'all everything. He got all the two-way wings 
and forwards that they need. They got a nice big in Zubak to developing this other guy. Like he has, they have everything they need. So it's really on PG and Kawhi. You better ship him before it's too late. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> so we're going to see. But like you said, ACL injury takes a while to kind of get back. So I'm not really going to judge Kawhi until probably like close to playoff time as well, too. So hopefully him, PG and, and the Clippers can at least get 30 games under them and, and we'll see what happens there too because okay. i feel like right now the west is kind of wide open with all this uncertainty yeah, yeah yeah well let me ask you this though how how let's say they lose again this year how many more times do you want to see Kawhi and, and paul george running back i mean granted that granted Kawhi's 31 and pg's 31 yeah they never broke up tatum and and jb granted they're young but they've always kept basically that same pairing together with a little bit of the core and just an inter, inter, intermix, you know. Some, you give it some me a long answer. Enough. How many years you want to see it? Until their contract rot out. Which is what? How many? They got I three think they years? got three more years after that. You want to see it for three more years? I think so. But, I, be competitive? But, there's, but there's, I think so. I think they can be. All right. But we're going to see. I say two. Two okay. more. Because after that, it's just like, what the heck? Okay. So two more years, I think they got a window of trying to perform at a high level and potentially, you know, win the championship for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of a team um, as well, too, you know, CP3 returned uh, from his heel injury, 37 years of age. Um, he only played 11 out of 25 games. I'm thinking it's because that he was actually hurt and not some <laughs> internal problems at home. I'm kidding. <laughs> but after nine points, nine assists, five rebounds, um, you know, uh, how do you feel about his return? Do you think, you know, he's going to give Devin Booker and that organization that added boost to, you know, continue to stay afloat? Because they were just number one. Um, and we're going to talk about this right after the Pelicans being number one. But what are your, what are your thoughts for, for the Clippers? I mean, not, not for the Clippers, for the Suns. And do you think that their window has closed? Uh, I mean, their window hasn't closed because they're still a high seed. Um, but I will say this, though. I think... And this could be disrespectful, but like, I think at some point, their the voices in the locker room might be getting a little old on the Chris Paul side of things. Not to say that Chris Paul is not like obviously successful in being that voice in the locker room, but like, I think when it when you look at Chris Paul stops, they've been short with James Harden, for example. Like that was a that was a what it like you know injury. <laughs> That that was a situation where James Harden didn't want to play with Chris Paul. Then it seemed like OKC was cool with it. You know, they was like, oh, like, we're going to go do this bubble thing real quick. And Shy is getting off. And like we got like, we got a shooter. And, like, they didn't seem to have a problem with Chris Paul. But they still moved him. Yeah. Because they were, I guess the, the organization was going a different direction with the draft picks. But now it seems like um, I've, I've seen some games, like, on primetime when the Suns are playing and, like, they have Chris on the bench in the fourth quarter. Have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. So like it, it seems as though that I'm not trying to say Monty is like waning Chris Paul off like the best lineup or the finishing lineup or anything like that. But like, I think as time gets continues to go in the season, I do think that like he, his impact will not be as big as it was his first two years there. Mm. I mean, I agree with you as well, too. I mean, the motherfucker's like 37, 38 years old. Yeah. He may have pulled off the heist of a while just that t- taking, that, yeah, taking that money as well, too. Yeah. Um, 
there's such different levels of tiers of teams that Chris Paul, given his his tenure in the NBA, like he's going to be successful as well too. But like you said, like he's getting old now. And if we learn anything about the playoff basketball, mm-hmm. you're going to get exposed. Now he's supposed to be the point guard is going to be the mo- the weakest link on the court as well too. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to get to – they're going to get to where they want to be because he's such a liability now um, as well, too. So that's even more added pressure on Booker. Plus, you got Cam Johnson with that torn meniscus. His contract up, we don't know where he's going to end up as well, too. Jay Crow's not in the mix as well. They better resign him. They, they have to. Be a restricted they have to. Sure. But when you look at that core with Bridges, Aiton, the Booker, and, and um, Cam. Cam with their coach, and you just sprinkle in some pieces, that's nice. Now... I kind of agree with you. I mean, you didn't necessarily say it, but I thought you were going to allude to it. I would trade Chris Paul, dog. Okay. I would okay. trade his ass, <laughs> like, right now. I mean, what, he only played 11 out of 25 games? Yeah. Booker been carrying them. With that squad, with their yeah. system, he's been carrying them. He just needs another dog with him, kind of like how Luka needs another dog with him right now, and I yeah. think he can at least get to a conference finals or second-round conference final, maybe finals every single year, at least be in that conversation. But with this Chris Paul... I don't know. My trade suggestion was I was kind of I wish I still kept that trade machine and whatnot, and I can't find the actual link because, like you said, it's not till in a couple weeks with the whole trade situation. But I was like, I don't know what Toronto kind of wants to do right now. Give me for salary matching, Fred Van Fleet and Otto Porter Jr. for Chris Paul draft picks, and I'm kind of cool with that. How do you how do you feel about Fred Van Fleet pairing with? With with Devin Booker, is that is that good enough? I mean, it it, it would definitely be an energy boost. Um, I just I just don't see Toronto doing that though. You don't think so? I think they're staying intact. Yeah, I think that they're staying young. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, all right, Fred Van Vliet contract probably coming up. They probably don't want to re up with him. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's I I, I wouldn't. I, I'm not sure. I'm not privy to his contract mm-hmm. situation, so I'm not exactly sure. But like, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. who knows as well too, but. I think as long as Chris Paul is on that team, they have no championship window anymore. They should have won that shit two seasons ago, mm-hmm. cemented, boom, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think it's over, Doc. Yeah. I think it's over. Or it could be some some shit where it's kind of like the Miami Heat last year. Like, obviously, we know the Heat's a good team. They're always going to compete. They are. They, you're going to go at least six, seven games with them. But the Heat had an easy path to get to the conference finals last year because of the seeding. Mm-hmm. I think first round they played – I can't remember who they played the first round. I can't remember who they played, but I think this. I think the first round they played the Hawks. Second round they played the 76ers, and obviously Harden won where he was. Mm-hmm. And then Embiid, I think, missed like two games. And mm-hmm. obviously they, they played the Celtics. So it could be a situation where they dodge a lot of teams um, statistically or uh, from an X and O standpoint, and they and they find themselves there. But I not with yeah. CP3. I, I think mean, that, that would the snake. that would be the organization to me that that would take on a Chris Paul would be an organization like Miami. Yeah, a perfect pairing though I think would be like De'Aaron Fox to go along with him or like Shy. Mm. That would be fire, but that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Chris Middleton returned. I mean, he's only played three games. Obviously, he had his whole knee injury in the playoffs. Um. And who knows? Maybe the Bucks will be reigning, you know, champions right now. Um, and obviously, like early on in the season, he had a wrist injury, but he came back, played three games. So obviously, he's not where he needs to be right now. 
12 points per game, six rebounds, three assists, shooting 37% from the field, 31% from the free throw line. It's going to take time. Um, but what are your thoughts on Middleton coming back um, and, you know, Giannis, you know, having his big three back? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I think anytime, you know, a, a great player uh, on a contending team comes back, it just it's just a better product from the NBA. Um, and then also just, you know, you want to see Giannis at full strength because, you know, his his dynasty is – or not his dynasty, but his legacy is still being built. So you want him to be able to be at full strength so he can continue to re, to write that. Um, Chris, I, I, I really do like his game. You know, he's still one of the one of the people or one of the players in the league that still takes that mid-range jumper. And, you know, he, he's a smart player, um, and he's definitely going to help Milwaukee win games. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, no, I would have to agree with you as well, too. You finally – Got that closer um, back in Chris Middleton as well too, um, and that extra play added playmaker to go along with Giannis, and really just hide Giannis's deficiencies as well too. And obviously Giannis wants to play a lot of games nowadays, but it looks like I've, I've noticed with the lesser team back to backs he's sitting out, so that's where you can kind of insert Chris Middleton and really give him as much run and much as much attempts as he can to kind of get back in shape as well too. But like I said, if he's fully healthy. Um, with that roster they have. And like you said, there's still moves to be made. Mm-hmm. I don't see a scenario why they can't go back to the finals and, and win another championship as well, too. So I'm happy he's back. Hopefully he stays healthy because, like you said, as from a fan standpoint, we want to see the best of the best kind of go at it fully healthy yep. um, as well, too. Pelicans, man, um, they're number one in the West right now. They're 16-8 and eight right now in the Western Conference. Yes. They're on a five-game win streak. They have seven players that are in double digits right now. They're number five in points per game, so one of the best potent offensive in the, in the NBA. Top five in field goal percentage and second behind Boston in point differential at 6.9 points per game. Obviously, Zion's averaging 24-7-4. Ingram's averaging 25-5. CJ's averaging 17-5-6. Um, and six. But what's crazy is... Zion's only played 19 out of 24 games. Ingram's missed 10 games. CJ missed four games as well, too. What are your thoughts on the Pelicans, you know, season this year? And kind of like what we had with our with our last episode when we had a topic on, you know, the Cavs being contenders or pretenders. What are your what are your thoughts on them this year with a lot of uncertainty in the Western Conference? Yeah, I I'm first and foremost, as just as a basketball fan, I'm glad that Zion is 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 on the court. Um I think he he makes them contenders for me because he he's to me one of the handful of players in the league that's unguardable to me one on one and um uh, everything else that they have in their offense CJ CJ McCollum and then also um BI um it just gives them and then there's another player he's like a he's like a 3 and D guy shoots the 3 well um uh, I think he just got drafted maybe a year or two ago he's pretty tall right yeah, I forget his name as well too. Um, but um, he's playing well as uh, as well. So I, I think, I think um, Trey Murphy. Yep, Trey Murphy. Yeah, that was a great draft pick by them. Um, I think, and again, that's, that's Herb David. Jones playing good too. That's that's David Griffin. That's you know back in them Cavalier days when I would think about like you know LeBron having these great pieces around him. He's gonna do the same thing for Zion, and I think uh, you know the Pelicans. Yeah, it's. I think they're real deal. I think not one seed real deal, but I do think that they'll get into the playoffs, make some noise, um, so long as Zion stays healthy. Mm, yeah, 
Um, and like with the uncertainty right now in the Western Conference, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with the number one seed in the Western Conference and everything kind of just goes through their arena, honestly. Okay. Last year they got a taste of, you know, being in the playoffs as well too. Um, you know, you got CJ there who came halfway midway through the season and then Ingram who, you know, played with Kobe, played with Braun, absorbed all that in, work ethic is crazy. Um, and he's that playoff type of player who's going to perform at an even higher level, take it to another level. So they have a great mesh of veterans with young talent. Um, and they may have one of the best benches in the league as well, too. And, you know, with the playoffs, it's about if you take away X's and O's and all that, other good stuff as well, too. It's about, you know, who's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they have, you know, eight, nine players deep, it's going to be very, very scary as well, too. But I'm curious to see. I know what CJ is going to do in the playoffs. Mm. I know what Ingram is going to do in the playoffs. What's Zion going to do? Because in the playoffs, that's when they expose all your weaknesses. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how he is in the playoffs. So knock on wood, I want to see that. I, I'll say this too, though. His his ball handling and his skills seem to be progressing because I'm seeing him catch the ball from top of the key, make a few dribble moves to get past um, his defender. And it seems like he's starting to develop that piece of his game. Um from what you said about the weaknesses, though, it's definitely going to be like that jump shot and like packing the lane, doing what people do to Giannis. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he can develop that. I don't expect it this year, but I'll expect it, you know, work on that in the summer of this year and then come back next year ready to go. My dream matchup, whether it's in the first round, second round, conference finals, I would love to see the Pelicans go up against Memphis. Because last year Memphis was the talk of the town, right? And now this mm-hmm. year it looks like it's the Pelicans. Yeah. That would be a fire ass matchup. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think that would be exciting. Uh obviously you got the former number one and number two pick too in that. That'd be a great story. I forgot they're both in the same draft as well. That's crazy. Um <laughs> when we were last here, we were talking about, yo, why are the Warriors still struggling? What do you think we attribute it to X, Y, and Z? They're thirteen and thirteen right now, Terrence. Yeah. They're eleven and two at home and two and eleven on the road. What do you attribute to the Warriors still struggling right now? Like Clay's been playing better, Jordan Poole's been playing better, but like what is going on? Like has the league caught up to them? Are they really, you know, missing Otto Porter so much? And and what's that other guy's name? Um uh what's if you the name? gotta do that, then it probably ain't that. Nah, uh Gary Gary Payton oh, Gary second. Payton's like yeah. are they missing them too so much? Like what's going on? You would think it's kind of like football where you kind of had that championship hangover. Like, I don't know if I won a championship and I, and I felt like I knew what it kind of tastes like. I want to get back to that. And that mm-hmm. that's what I was totally motivated on. But like, what do you think is, is happening with the Golden State right now? And are they, you think they can turn it around? Yeah. I, I'm just going to stick with my uh, original point of that. They've made these draft picks. <laughs> they made the, not even that. I, I think Draymond and, um, and Poole have, have squashed that. Yeah. But I, I do think that there are these picks. That oh, they I'm made. sorry for cutting you off. I was wrong about disrespecting Kaminga a few episodes back. I fucked with Kaminga. He's good. <laughs> okay. But Wiseman, I don't know. So that's the thing, right? You've got Kaminga, you've got James Wiseman, and you've got Moody. Um, Moody. These are great draft picks and would be players that would would contribute on any other team's high, high professional, you know, picks. And we're not talking about wanting to be role players. We're talking about players who are drafted number two 
and like I think Kaminga was like a top five, top six pick. These are players who have, who who are striving to get hundred plus million dollar contracts. And if there are players that are in front of them that have been in front of them for the last two years, mm-hmm. there's going to be some animosity that's going to build because in order, in order for you to get a hundred plus million dollar contract, you gotta you gotta be making like all NBA third team, second team, like first team, like, and you can't do that when Draymond Green is in the, is in there and fucking, what's his name? Fucking, uh, the play, Kevon Looney. So that animosity, even though we win in chips, that's great for the owners and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green's <laughs> legacy, yeah. but it's not good for your contract aspirations. And I don't care. These players want to get paid. So I think that part is starting to eat at the ultimate, what, what the Golden State Warriors have done so well for so long is that strength in numbers. Yeah, exactly. And they're not. I don't think that their players, their future players, are care about that. They want. They want the bread because Steph, Clay, and Draymond have already got paid. So mm-hmm. I mean, we see these other, like you said, these other players from the draft class getting paid. Yeah. On lesser teams, mm-hmm. you know, getting more experience. Therefore, you know, they've seen everything, so they can up their game. It's just like, damn. But, yeah, I would try to get paid as well, too. It kind of reminds me when Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward came back into the mix with the Boston Celtics. Because mm-hmm. you could argue that was one of the best rosters assembled. They had Kyrie, Tatum, Brown, um, Marcus Moore Sr., Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward. Yeah. The list goes on and on. Terry Rozier. And too much. Because it was too much talent. Only and one ball. Injuries, people came back. People needed to get paid. It just never worked out as well, too. So that could be something that this year, and I didn't really think about that, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a business first, you know. It's a mm-hmm. business first. And these players, they want the Nike deals. They want the commercials. They want the girls. Because so. the mindset is winning solves everything. But like you said, if you're just a high-level role player on a championship team, you ain't getting shit. Right. Yep. I mean, look, at look. that's why Gary Payton left. You can yeah, win all you want. Already, yeah. you, can, you can win all you want, but out of Porter too, they want to get paid. So yeah, so that's gonna be tough as well. Um, you think they're gonna get back? Find a way to get back to the finals? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think they're gonna go back to the finals. I think <sighs> you were so uh, high on them a couple episodes ago too. Well, yeah, I, I, but I, I do think that at the end of the day, like you need to have a top four seed to get into the to get to get there. Yeah, I agree. But what's good is they're not far off um, from first place as well. So like I said, it's a very, very interesting gray area kind of year for the um, for the for the Western Conference. And right now, I mean, they're in 10th place at 13 and 13, but mm-hmm. they're only four games out of first place. So, yeah, flip could switch. Maybe the schedule looks a little easy. Actually, the schedule is kind of crazy <laughs> coming up right now. Actually, on their schedule. They got um, they got Boston next, and then I think after that they got like the Clippers and I think Utah again next one. But and the Bucks like a lot of playoff teams, so yeah, they're gonna be tested, um, and it's gonna be interesting as well too. But this might be a year where they like the way they playing on like on the roll right now. I mean, I know it's 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 still a good enough sample size, but like you said, trades need to be made. People been out the lineup. Wiseman just got signed to G League. He might be coming back. It might be a year where they just like forty four and like thirty eight on some nasty shit, mm, <laughs> dog. Mm. I don't know. 
But I, if I've invested money into them, I'm taking that out and putting it elsewhere because I don't, like you said, I think for them to get far, they need the top two seed. They got to go through Oracle. If they don't go yeah. through Oracle, it's over. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting. Um, who do you think the most slept on player is in the NBA right now? Um, I'm going to, so I thought about this uh, for me. Yeah, for you. Is, for me, it's Anthony Simons, bro. Ooh, that's I, a good one. I think um, I think he is playing really, really ahead that's of schedule. That's a great one. Yeah, I think he's playing really ahead of schedule. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> I think he's playing ahead of schedule for Portland, and um, I just think I, – I, I knew he was good. Obviously, coming out of high school, he was good, but I didn't think he his ceiling was this high as a score um, in the league. And he's, you know, that's what happens when you, when you play behind Damian Lillard for so long and practice and you get your chance to shine. Um, but I think he is him and him and Shaden Sharp, I think are going to be really, really good players for Portland for the foreseeable future. Um, I think um, I can't remember like a specific situation like this, but Anthony's situation is coming on a lot faster but I, I still think Shaden Sharp is, like, their player that's going to blossom after Damian Lillard. I think he's going to be their best player. But for now, Anthony looks better. But Anthony is, is the guy that I think is the most left on in the league right now. Mm. Great year, too. 25 points per game, five assists, three rebounds, shooting 44% from the field, 40% from free throw, 90% from the free throw line as well, too. And I think, was that him that had – a uh, almost a 50 ball. He had like 45 the other night too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. We'll see, like, if they if they get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. that's another guy that you got to, you know, that you're probably going to lose sleep for? over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And shout out to Jeremy Grant as well too. Yeah. I, I really like what he's doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, you had a good one. I don't know if I can kind of compare with that. <laughs> but I know that the league has been pushing for, or at least NBA TNT, they kind of been pushing for shy, but I feel like, Everyone knows, like, he's him. He's just in a bad situation. So I'll mm-hmm. probably – Tyrese Halliburton. I like okay. Tyrese Halliburton. You know, he's averaging 19, 11, and 5, um, shooting four, 38% from the three-point line, 47% from the field. Um, and what's been good is, like, he's kind of reminding me of, like, a like a Chris Paul in a sense where he's just commanding that team – um, and you know, kind of like Chris Paul's earlier years, you didn't really expect them to make noise and they're, they're in playoff contention right now as well too. And it kind of also makes me think like, damn, you, you want to keep Davion Mitchell and, and whatnot over him. Like you could have had Tyrese with Keegan Murray mm-hmm. and De'Aaron Fox, but then again, you want to have got Sabonis and whatnot as well too. So, mm-hmm. um, I like what he's doing there. Um, and I think, you know, they need to start tanking cause, <laughs> Um, they got a nice, they got what well, him, Buddy Hield. Um, they got Miles Turner, know, and then there's another, there. there's another dude who was busting Steph Curry ass the other day. Oh, the guy from Gonzaga. Yeah, tough. Yeah, tough. I didn't see that either. I didn't see that either. I was watching his highlights. I was like, yo, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, eh, we good, we gonna win. Tyrese ain't playing. Then they like, oh, okay, he he all right. Yeah. Um, but Tyrese Halliburton will probably be my most slept on player. Um, for this upcoming season right now. Okay. Um, got a couple more topics here right now. So agree or disagree, if we had to put in 
and or you can tell me yours too. Top five MVP candidates. Obviously, Tatum will be there, best record in the NBA, giving you a 30 ball on a nightly basis, shooting 48% from the field, 37% from three, 86 from the free throw line. Got to stamp that. Giannis, Milton just came back and only played three games. Drew's kind of been in and out the lineup. Um, second best record in the NBA, um, 32, 11, 6, 55% from the field. Book, no uh, Chris Paul, just returned. Cam Cam Johnson Torres meniscus. Um, what's his name? Jay Crowder has not, who was a huge part of their success these past couple seasons. They told him to stay calm. Um, but he's averaging 28, 6, and 5. And before, you know, this two, three game skid, they were number one in the Western Conference. Luca obviously dominating, um, looking like another version of Harden, 33, 9, and 9, shooting 50% from the field. And then I also have AD just because of when you talk about value, if you take this person off the team, where are they? I think when you have AD playing at a peak level, they're at least a playing team, take them off their lottery team, even though y'all don't have a draft pick uh, this upcoming season. But do you agree with those early MVP uh, considerations? Is there anything that you would kind of change? Am I, am I, am I, am I fucking up? No, no, I think you're, you're definitely in the same ball ballpark as me. I, when it comes to MVP, I always give a uh, record would play. No, no, no. I was going to say I give priority to the player that if you took him off the team, they'd be a lottery team. Okay. Um, Jason Tatum is in a tremendous situation. You know, he not only was drafted by an organization that lives and breathes basketball, but like has always had a capable general manager and has always put good pieces around him. And now it's just blossoming. Um, in Luca's situation, he literally has to touch the ball in every possession. Harden, so, like, he, he is what, to me, is the definition of valuable. Um, and then same with AD. Um, I look at them as, as you know, as as in a different class of their own when it comes to voting. Giannis is always, obviously going to always be there because he's just a dominant player in the league, probably the most dominant player in the league, and, you know, his record is going to show for that. Um, and then you said one more player, and I forgot, I think. I put Book. I think if you take oh. Book off Phoenix, they – I don't know how, how good they are right now. Yeah, I'm a Book hater. I don't know what? why. Why? I don't know he why. He's talking too much shit. <laughs> yeah, he just seems like the AAU coach, his son to me, you know. He's just <laughs> always got that, like – Oh, you know, well, I'm better than you. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know. But he's good. He's good. Obviously, um, I'll give it to him. But he's definitely last on the list. <laughs> Damn, I don't hate no book. And blame. he went to Kentucky, so I'm not rocking with that oh, okay. either. No, I feel that as well too. So, would you keep those five there? Or would you swap someone out? Like, would you swap Booker out? I thought you were going to say Donovan Mitchell. You said Yo, no, nah, I was literally time. about to say that. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> I think somebody from that Cleveland Cavaliers team deserves some love. And I know Darius Garland will get them all-star votes, so I'm good with that. Um, but, no, nah, I'll keep it at that five, the, the, those five players. Okay. No, I like that. I like that as well, too. Um, Nike came out with a statement uh, about three days ago, and they officially cut ties with Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving. And obviously the move comes after Irving posted a Twitter link to documentary containing anti-Semitic messages in October and initially refused to issue an apology as well. Two, it looks like <clears throat> they pretty much had it with this guy. I mean, these past couple of years, if we take a trip down memory lane, 
didn't want to play in the bubble when Katie was out. He didn't want players to get their money and told them to leave the bubble. Um, he took two weeks off randomly. He didn't want to get vaccinated. He called the whole media ponds. <laughs> he posted the Heroes and Negroes videos well too. And then I forgot that last season when the I forgot the net the number. You you just sneak it. You probably know the number of Kyrie's that came out uh, last year. He basically went on social media and said, "Yo, these shits trash." <laughs> They have had it with this guy. Um, did you see these? Do you feel like this this was warranted and, and, and whatnot? Because these are very popular shoes. Like, I love the Kyrie's, but yeah, we all do. It just kind of sucks that, like, they can still sell it, like, how they sold Kobe's, like, Crazy Eights and whatnot. It just kind of sucks. But, you know, what are your thoughts on all this, man? Um, I think I, I'm surprised Nike waited as long as they did. Um, I think, uh, like, I, I would have thought that it would have been a little bit more swift because usually in cancel culture, everybody just goes at the same time. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, ESPN starts to release the stories and Adrian Wojnarowski, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this and that. And like there's rumbles and that's an organization that he's not really liked right now. And like you got, you got all the social media hate all at the same time. And I just thought Nike would have like cut ties then. But hey, you know. Maybe they just needed to do their own background investigating and, and, and just understood, you know, had to ask some focus groups if, you know, this is, you know, good or not. And, you know, they, they probably, you know, have seen that over the past three years, his behavior has been erratic. And that's true. And at the end of the day, you know, Nike and I'll give them this respect they they go for athletes that you know are are true to their craft and remain athletes they don't like well i don't want to say that because i mean bron has definitely you know well i was i was gonna say not that that they pick athletes that are just athletes and nothing else because that's not true i mean but i think i think in Kyrie's specific situation like they saw like who he was to the kids differently you know what i mean like like it's different when you when you pick a signature athlete and like oh like everybody wants to be like Kyrie. everybody wants to dribble like Kyrie. now it's uh Kyrie's talking about this and that you know so i think that's what changed things for them Mm, that's crazy because who's replacing them ja morant is about to get his new uh signature Nike sneaker uh, pretty soon. I don't know if it's going to be this year, probably going into next season, but how do you feel about that swap out? Uh, I mean, honestly, Jaw's cool. Jaw's cool, but I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I, th- I think it's also just a generational thing that's it, coming it definitely up. definitely is generational. Like, I'm He's not... He's AI for the kids. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, I think that these, I mean... We're getting older and the players that are coming in the league are getting younger. And it's like, I'm just not as connected with Ja as I was with Kyrie. So I think it'll just take some time and we'll see. But, you know, I'm going to miss the Kyries for sure. Yeah. I mean, you can still cop them. I actually meant to send you a, a hyperlink on Nike. Mm-hmm. Looks like his shoes. Yeah, the like clearance 40. line going crazy. <laughs> I might cop Going crazy. The clearance <laughs> line going crazy. Should I cop one and get black tape and put freedom? I'm kidding. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm kidding. Man. All right, well, you don't connect with Ja like that, obviously. Um, is there a player that doesn't have a signature sneaker right now that you want to have signature sneakers in the NBA that you think could 
do a good job at carrying? No. Hey, not JT? No. Damn, not JT? Jason isn't interesting to me. Yeah, he is kind of... He's he's great at basketball. He's a good-looking guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's marketable, but I feel like... I don't know much about him. Yeah. I mean, we don't know much about Diamond Mitchell and Kawhi. They got their own sneakers. Yeah, with Adidas. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not buying those. <laughs> Adidas need to go get somebody after yeah. Nike is taking yeah. up everybody. But, like... I think Nike... I mean, Jordan's still under Nike, right? Yes. I feel like Lucas should have been away from Jordan and had something. Mm-hmm. That would have been fire. Yeah. Um, I just I think that when it comes to these these new age players and their personalities and their brands, like uh, there's nobody like, that's really have, yeah. nobody's like come out to me. I mean, it seemed like for a little bit, Trey Young was kind of like he got issues though. For yeah, Adidas, yeah, right? true, true, true. For Adidas, um, it seemed like he was kind of kind of coming into his own image, like being that like most hated player in the like Knicks, that. you know. Being ice tray, but I don't know. You got to continue to win games. You got to continue to improve year over year for us to continue to care about your image. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't see a. I don't. I mean, Zion was a mega star coming out. He has his own shoes too, right? Yep, yeah. he has his own shoe as well. But it's like, yeah, I don't see the next person. To... Yeah, that's interesting. Um, last topic before we kind of head out right now. <clears throat> Obviously, taking into consideration fan voting, media voting, um, Mm -hmm. and I think players voting. For the Western Conference, um, if you had a vote for your starting five, who would that starting five be? Not necessarily who deserves it, but just taking into consideration how it works from the political standpoint of voting. Oh, okay. Um, So two two backcourt, three frontcourt. Okay. All right. So I'm starting with the West Conference. Mm -hmm. We'll We'll go back and forth. Okay, so at five, mm, okay, at five, I'm going to go with Jokic. Um, at the four, West, West. Let me pull up the Western Conference uh, standings, though. Hold on. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right, go ahead. So, I don't really, like you said, we don't really say four and five, right? So, what I would vote slash to also take into consideration the media Mm-hmm. LeBron's going to be a starter, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. So LeBron's going to be there. Joker, AD, I think the Lakers have a crazy fan base to the point where they've seen him put that work and they're going to vote for him. And then in the backcourt, it's going to be Luka, and I think it's going to be Steph Curry. Now, if I had a vote off of player performance, I'll probably put Luka with Booker in the backcourt. And in the front court, i probably go with Still AD, still Joker. That other one, though, I mean, probably just off of record alone, I might go with Zion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I, I would go with Jokic and AD as well. I think Zion, from a perspective of fan voting and overall popularity, will we'll get to, to his first start this year. Um, and LeBron will be in there as well, obviously, because he's never not been a starter. So then – at the two to probably be either Devin Booker. Yeah. Either Devin Booker or Luka Doncic. So no Steph? 
Oof. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> what? He's the Barack Obama of the NBA. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I don't. Because I was also thinking Ja, but I'm like, who's more popular? Is Luka more popular than Ja? Okay. Well, I don't man, know. Nah, so I think Luka will come off the bench. Ooh. So your back, who's your backcourt? It'd be Steph and LeBron. But LeBron, LeBron's gonna be front court though. You know that. Okay, so is it gonna be Zion? I think. I mean, so front, so front court, the three forwards, and yeah. then back court, two guards. So who's your two guards? You think that's gonna start? Okay, I mean, I guess yeah, Steph and Luca then. Okay, so Overja. Yeah. Luca Overja. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then your back court, Bron, Zion, and, and Joker. Yeah. Okay, and AD comes off the bench, I guess. But that's even backwards to me. But hey, I guess the way it works. <laughs> the way it works, yeah. And it's so weird. Like one year when I was voting for All Star, they put they had Devin Booker as front court. I mean, yeah, front court, and then he was back court. Same with PG front court back. Court. I'm like, yo, make up oh, your mind. Interesting. Um, Eastern Conference, who you got? Okay, Eastern Conference. So again, I'm I'm beating the drum on on Cleveland, but I I like I like Darius Garland at point guard position. Okay, and then at two, I okay at at three, I'll go Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. At the four, I'm going Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and then at the five, I'm going Giannis. So then at the two, that leaves the two guard open for me. Ugh. I mean that two guard position. I don't know. Drum roll. Who you got? I mean, it would have to be fucking you. No, not Jimmy. It would have. I mean, I Trey Young. That's your five. Yeah, I mean the East. <laughs> yeah, I don't see nobody at the two guard. Even in the East, I mean James Harden been out. Like he not gonna get the votes. There's a reason why you don't see this no one at the two guard because you don't know if this person's classified as a two guard. Jalen Brown's actually classified as a two guard. You think they're gonna put two Celtics in the starting lineup? Hell yeah. Mm. Why wouldn't Jalen Brown be in the starting backcourt? You already know Kyrie, they not voting for Kyrie. They're not voting for Darius Garland. They're gonna vote for Donovan Mitchell. So it's gonna be Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown in the backcourt, and in the front court, like you said, I agree with everything you said. Giannis, KD, and JT. And let's rock. Okay, I but guess. I think because the reserves, you know, the coaches vote for that. I think a hundred percent. So mm. I think off of what they see, what they have the game plan for. I think Kyrie. Um, I like Dejounte Murray too. Yeah. I might take Dejounte Murray voting wise over Darius Garland. Okay, um, and then you probably got Joel Embiid in there. Um, it's mm-hmm. still kind of early. They got a couple, couple more weeks. But Who did you have at point guard in the East? So it's just backcourt now. So they don't do oh, okay. point, yeah, they don't do point guard shooting guard no more. So it's literally guards. Mm. It, it's been like that for like four, maybe five years. So now. you said Jalen Brown and who? And and Diamond Mitchell. Oh, okay. Dogs. Okay. And then JT front court with KD and uh, Giannis. Okay. You like that? Yeah. That, that works. Okay. Cool, man. Any 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 closing remarks for this episode? Uh, shout out to my baby Siobhan. I, you at the crib helping me with my furniture. I appreciate <laughs> uh, um, You know, shout out to my new neighborhood, you know, Echo Park. Y'all uh, y'all don't wave back at people. I don't know how I feel about that. But, hey, you know, I'm going to still be my southern boy self and, and um, you know, wave at people and, you know, just try to be nice and neighborly. I thought that's what we do, but I guess not. Um, and then, obviously, like I said, always be thankful. Um, this is, you know, a great wrap to the gear um holidays be with your family if you got any beef with your family try to bury it you know what i'm saying and uh other than that yeah you know just be kind be kind to people 
I agree with everything that you said. Um, there's no much else. There's no, there's no need to say anything else. So ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 123 of the season show featuring Terrence Whaley. You can follow him at Terrence Whaley underscore. Yep. Go barter as well too with two yep. R's. Yep. At the end. Mm-hmm. As our season, at the season show, we are out. Peace.